Hello, and welcome to Azeroth United, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft Dragonflight, World of Warcraft Classic, and everything in between. My name is Denethar, and I am your host. Welcome everyone to Azeroth United. Thank you so much for joining us. And before I forget, Happy New Year. I hope that your New Year's was great. Mine was was something. I, I, I found out that uh, apparently in Cincinnati, Ohio, they like to shoot guns off at New Year's. I was not aware of that. So it was a little bit of a surprise, but that's okay because I had a good New Year's. Um, man, last year was quite the year and this year seems like it's going to be even more of a wild ride for World of Warcraft. So anyway, we've got a great show planned for you today. So relax, sit back and enjoy the show. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, or if you have a particular topic that you'd like to hear discussed, please email me at denethar1 at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voice message by going to speakpipe.com slash United. It's been quite the week in Warcraft. Uh, what did I get up to this week? Well, I'm glad you asked. I had a demon hunter that I had leveled up to 70, and uh, he'd just been sitting there and uh, looking at me longingly. Please play me. So I decided to give it a give it a quarrel, and uh, yeah, it's it's actually pretty it's pretty pretty fun. Yeah, surprisingly enough, uh, really enjoying that. Uh, did some uh, some more dungeons on my warrior and on my resto druid. So. Um, uh, actually got in another Amir Dusil raid on my Resto Druid, which is always fun. It's always easy to get a raid invite on a healer, I'll tell you. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, uh, it's, as far as actual WoW goes, I, I mean, I did a lot of uh, keystones. I think I did 16 keystones on the Demon Hunter, which was a lot of fun. I started off with twos and just, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I got to set up my weak auras and uh, went from there, but... Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to getting in some tyrannical keys, and I'll tell you, people are much happier to invite a demon hunter than they are to invite a fury warrior, so maybe I will end up getting uh, getting this guy up and, and moving him up above my fury warrior, so who knows? But um, yeah, it was a good week. I really enjoyed it. Lots of time off for the holidays, um, although technically I was working, but there was nothing going on in the office. It was a very quiet week, so... Um, yeah, that wasn't too bad. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's so much going on in World of Warcraft. There's a lot to talk about. We've got a lot of news. We've got a lot of this week in World of Warcraft to discuss. And uh, we've got some, some content coming up to discuss. There's just so much going on, so much to talk about. So let's get into it. It's time for the news. In Blizzard news, <laughs> this is very sad. Unfortunately, for all of those who who loved his dynamic leadership style and uh, were inspired by his charismatic presence, Bobby Kotick's last day at Blizzard was December 29th. <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. <laughs> Goodbye, asshole. Get the fuck out and don't let the door hit you where the good lord split you. Golly. So glad that guy's gone. He was such a dick. Oh, man. Yeah, there's all these news articles coming out now where uh, developers from Blizzard and Activision are like, yeah, he threatened to have someone killed and he did all these terrible things and, you know, get out, Bobby. We hate you. And just really mean and nasty comments towards him it's and it's honestly he deserves it he earned it that's that's the legacy that he earned at Activision Blizzard was revulsion and hatred and just everybody's glad he's gone and yeah okay sure he made some people a lot of money great if that's all you care about money then Bobby Kotick is your kind of guy <laughs> um yeah. yeah, it's just, there's not much else to say there. Um, so Mike Ybarra, the uh, president of Blizzard, or the leader of Blizzard, I'm not sure what his actual title is now, uh, he will report directly to Microsoft's game content and studios president named Matt Booty. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> in related news, Blizzard is once again in talks with NetEase to reestablish its game licenses in China. 
If you'll remember, back in November of 2022, the talks broke down and the World of Warcraft servers in China got turned off, which was, that has to be the saddest thing. If you're a World of Warcraft player, you're hanging out with your friends, you're got your night elf rogue or your undead priest, whatever you, whatever you're playing. And no, your characters are gone. The live game that you thought would last forever. This is not a private server that could get shut down at any moment. This was real world of Warcraft was gone. It still is gone, but, uh, they are trying to reestablish the licenses and come to an agreement. And I can't help, but wonder, (laughs) With Microsoft taking over and with Bobby Kotick on the way out, if Blizzard reached back out and said, hey, look, these people are no longer in charge. Can we try this again with like actual sane people (laughs) or something? I just I can't really imagine that Bobby Kotick was a nice guy to negotiate with. I'm just saying, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that would be great for players in China because they haven't had a way to legally play WoW since November of 2022. So, uh, by my calculations, that's more than a year. Very good. Uh, yeah, so that's, um, that'll be interesting uh, to see where that goes. In uh, game news, uh, the, okay, so we, we did mention last week that the Ruby Sanctum raid will launch on January 11th in Wrath Classic. So get ready for that. Uh, the Dragonflight patch 10.2.5 Seas of Renewal will launch on January 16th. So that's pretty exciting there for modern WoW players. Uh, this actually came out a couple weeks ago, but I missed it. Uh, the Cataclysm Classic Beta, which is slated for late winter, early spring, so like March or something, uh, the you can sign up for it. So when the beta comes out... Uh, people who are signed up will get put into a random drawing, and I'm sure that there's a streamer algorithm that Blizzard uses to determine who's going to get the most attention, because honestly, a beta these days is is more of a marketing scheme for the developer than it is for the players to actually find any bugs. Um, so yeah, that's uh, you can sign up for that. You can try out Cataclysm Classic. It Honestly... I know there's been a lot of discussion about Cataclysm and oh, it's classic or it's not classic or Cataclysm was good. It's it's underappreciated. Blah blah. There's a lot of opinion going back and forth. And I will say this for Cataclysm: the content overall was fun. I didn't love Dragon Soul, and I didn't really love the um, what is it, Blackwing Descent raid. It was okay. That one was fine. Bastion of Twilight was really fun. I really like that. Firelands is like S tier raid. That's one of the best raids they've ever done. The dungeons were great. So much about Cataclysm. I even liked the way they did the talent trees. I know a lot of people didn't like that, but it was no, you are a prop paladin. You are a shadow priest. You're not a priest that does a little bit of shadow and a little bit of discipline and a little bit of whole. No, pick one and go with it. It's the beginnings of the modern WoW system of here's how these talent trees work. I still hate Cataclysm because it destroyed the old world. And so there's that. But taking it face value and just say, hey, here's this game. And I have no stakes attached. Because honestly, if I were to go play Cataclysm Classic, I would have to buy a boost. Because there's no way I'm leveling up my characters who got stranded along the way. And most of them are in Outland. But I do have one who's in Northrend at like 71. I just, there no. It's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, for, for Cataclysm Classic, that's that's great. Um, if you want to sign up for the beta, uh, like I said, it's probably sometime around March-ish is when it's uh, going to hit. So, um, yeah, go ahead and sign up for that. There'll be a link in the show notes. Or you can go to uh, blizzard.com to, uh, I'm sure there'll be a link there, but, but it'll be in the show notes, so you can just click on it. It'll be easy. Um, and then, uh, just a reminder, the Swift Wind Steed mount, which is available through Prime Gaming, will continue on until January 30th. So if you haven't linked your Prime Gaming to your Battle.net accounts, there will be a link for that as well in the description below. So, um, it's a, it's a free mount. Um, yeah, so sign up for that. And, uh, Blizzard does occasionally release content through Prime Gaming. Um, so this, you know, it, it's worth doing it. That way you can have something... 
uh, next time next time it comes out, it's already done. And you can just get get your item. You just have to log into your Prime Gaming account and claim it. So, yeah, definitely check that out. All right, I believe that's it for the news. I don't think there was anything else that I wanted to talk about here. So let's get into World of Warcraft. Let's talk about World of Warcraft. In Dragonflight, we are season three, week eight. This is a this is a good week, I think. Uh, we've got Mythic Plus affixes. We have Tyrannical, Volcanic, and Sanguine. So Tyrannical bosses have thirty percent more health and deal fifteen percent more damage. Okay. Volcanic enemies cause eruptions of flame near distant players. Additional volcanoes may appear near existing volcanoes. So, yeah, if you have, um, I've done this before on my Resto Druid where I was the only ranged. I had three melee DPS and the tank. And so I just played dodge volcanoes the whole time. It's kind of fun. Uh, Yeah, volcanic is, it's annoying. It's not key breaking like some of the other ones have the, the potential to be. Um it's just it's a nuisance and it mostly affects range dps or it it affects range dps so it's mostly an issue for like the healers or the mage or the hunter or whatever um i don't know what the behavior is if everyone clumps up around the tank uh maybe it'll just pick the furthest one away player i'm not sure honestly if you can cheese it that way but uh and then you've got sanguine the plus 14 affix which is non-boss enemies will leave a pool of blood on the ground on death this pool heals enemies and damages players for a percentage of their maximum health yeah this one sucks uh i I hate tanks that like to just run through a a dungeon um walking constantly backwards through the dungeon and never really stopping to just all right let's aoe this group down and then we'll move on sanguine kind of forces you to do that (laughs) whether you like it or not it's it's there and and you're gonna do it because if, if not you'll you'll never finish so um, I don't love this week personally, but I think that as far as affixes go, it's a pretty, pretty easy one. So, um, and it doesn't affect, uh, boss fights, which volcanic does affect boss fights. So, um, you'll have to deal with uh, volcanic during the tyrannical boss, but you won't have to deal with sanguine unless you kite a group of mobs in there on top of the boss and then kill them. And then anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, not a terrible week, um, I'll push some keys definitely on my demon hunter. And uh yeah, it's uh it's, it's not bad. Um in addition, <laughs> the weekly event is the dungeon bonus event, or I should call it the Dragonflight dungeon bonus event. Uh so you'll get the sign of the warrior buff, which is the final boss of each Dragonflight dungeon. We'll drop an extra item, which again, unfortunately, this does not apply to Mythic Plus because the final block final boss of Mythic Plus does not drop an item. So he can't drop an extra one if he doesn't drop one. Um, so unfortunately, uh, yeah, this this stops being helpful at uh, Mythic Zero. But if you've got a new character and you want to get some gear, um, this would be the way to do it. Also, if you pick up the quest Emissary of War from the... Uh, I forget the guy's name. It's the 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 the, the, dr- the dragon that's lifting weights uh, over by the fountain in Valdraken. Uh, he'll give you the quest Emissary of War which is complete four dungeons on Mythic Difficulty, and you will get a reward cache of Amirdrasil treasure, which is a heroic piece of Amirdrasil loot. So best luck there. Um, Hopefully you get what you're looking for. And uh, yeah, enjoy your four Mythics. Those can be Mythic Zero or Mythic Plus. So uh, just to clarify that. The PvP brawl this week is Warsong Scramble. So (laughs) <laughs> this one's <laughs> this one's a little rough. So in this brawl, uh, teams will begin with their three flags at their base, and the players will have the option to capture enemy flags, even if their own flag isn't at their base. The team that successfully captures 10 flags first emerges as the winner. Uh, and there's also power-ups that are placed around the battlegrounds to uh, provide players with a little boost or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's Warsong Gulch, but it's sped up and... It's like the the crack version of <laughs> the crack version of Warsong Gulch. Um, I, yeah, I, I I don't have any interest in this. I you know I played too much Warsong Gulch back in the day, and I've gotten beaten up too many times by the horde to just uh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> and honestly, the worst part about it is that if I ever did go in there on a horde character, the it was an alliance pre made without fail. 
and I would get my ass beat. And so it's I just can't win. I hate I hate Warsaw Gold. So anyway, uh, the uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the revival catalyst. So our fifth charge will be available next week. So you'll be able to start replacing some tier gear. Uh, with uh, maybe a higher item level piece if you've picked one up um, on January 9th. Uh, and then because patch 10.2.5 will release on January 16th and patch 10.2.5 will switch our catalyst charges to weekly, we will likely get our sixth charge on January 16th. And then every week after that, we will get a, a, an additional charge. So you can start picking up your transmog pieces and, and, and whatnot. The uh, Dream Spark, your fifth Dream Spark, will will now be available. So at this point, if you have an extra piece that you want to craft, or maybe you crafted an offhand and then you got a staff, or uh, whatever, uh, there's um there, there's <laughs> there's five sparks now, and we'll get one every two weeks for the entirety of the patch i honestly i don't know how they're going to handle this so we've got these dream sparks and they're going to go through the entirety of season three which i'm assuming that's what's going to happen but are they going to give us a new type of spark in season four or are we going to have the same sparks that we have in season three they're just going to get leveled up or who knows what's going to happen so um i can't imagine that they're not going to do an item level increase between season three and season four so i would assume that at this point, these sparks are essentially worthless. Um, so maybe if you've got an alt that you need to level up a trade skill, maybe you don't have all your skill points, you can always put in a crafting order for something that they could make, even if you can't use it. Uh, that's what I did with my Demon Hunters. Leatherworking was like 70, so I had to get them up a little bit so that I could make some bracers. Um, so, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, your uh, fifth spark is available this week. The Dark Moon Fair is in town starting on Sunday, January 7th, and it will go till the 13th. So make sure that you go and do your profession quests to get your knowledge and skill points. Make sure that you are riding the merry-go-round or the roller coaster to get your XP and reputation boost. And uh, if you want to pick up the mounts or fight the, the death metal knights, or yeah, there's lots of things to do. The fair is pretty fun. They've actually done such a good job over the years of improving and modifying the fair to the point where it still feels fresh and relevant. So, um, yeah, definitely go, go check that out. Uh, if you haven't been to the fair for a while, go, go pop in and, and say hi. And, uh, maybe you can catch a elite Torin chieftains concerts, uh, or, uh, yeah, you get shot out of a cannon. It's, it's pretty fun, especially if you go with some friends and you, you can have a good old time, just like going to the real fair. Yeah. If, if you, if you were to explain the fair to somebody who had no idea what a fair was, it would sound terrible. <laughs> but but if you go <laughs> with your friends and you're hanging out, it's 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 quite fun. So uh, go go check out the Dark Moon Fair this Sunday. The Trading Post, the January items are up for sale uh, now uh, since it's January. <laughs> the reward for completing your traveler's log items is the Golden Mobile Timepiece, which is a wrist piece that looks like a watch. It's a little un, little less whelming than a mount or a piece of, like, a full set of transmog. But it's also the only watch in the game that you can get. So while I understand that some people are not thrilled by this, I do also appreciate it for what it is. It's a really cool piece of transmog. Um... I would rather have paid 250 tenders for it than have this be the reward, but this is what we get. So, um, yeah. And, and maybe, maybe Blizzard is counting on people being excited because they're going to complete their 12 months of Traveler's Log, and so they'll get the Burden of Unrelenting Justice set, which is the Warden set. So this set, it, it color changes by default. So you'll get a set, and it color changes. So in daytime, it's the yellow and green, and at nighttime, it's the uh, silver and purple. Starting in patch 10.2.5, we'll get both colors as independent sets. So you'll be able to transmog the individual colors themselves, or you can have the um, the one that color changes based on the time of day. Either way, um, it's a cool set. I mean, it's so iconic. You've got Maev, you've got all the wardens. It's there, There's so much transmog and RP possibility with this set. I'm really excited. I missed two months this summer because I moved. Um, so I won't get mine until March. 
which sucks because I really want it now, but I have to wait and um, that's just how it goes. So, uh, but at least it's not, oh, you didn't do 12 in a row. Well, I guess you're screwed then because honestly, I feel like that's how it would have been back in the day, back in vanilla, back in old school Blizzard. They would have been like, oh, too bad. Uh, so yeah, I'll just be a little bit behind everybody else, but that's okay. Um, I'll still get it and I'll be happy. And then a year from now, nobody will remember who got it first. So, or they won't remember that I didn't get it first. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And then as well, people started noticing that they were getting a extra 500 tenders, um, when they picked up their, their, their tender cash this, um, this month. And, uh, turns out that that's, supposed to be part of the reward for the uh the trading post enthusiast achievement uh to get the 500 extra tenders um they just didn't put it in the tooltip so people were confused so you'll get your uh your watch your warden set and 500 extra attendees so it's not bad it's not a bad haul uh yeah i know the watches the not your favorite thing but it's okay um the trading post itself there's quite a few interesting items on here i'll tell you i looked at what was on there and most of it, I just kind of went, eh. Uh, we've got two transmog sets. You've got the Waste Wander Trackers Kit and the Solemn Watchman's Garb. The The Waste Wander Trackers Kit, I believe it's a, a BFA uh, transmog, a PVP. Tra- I, don't, I forget. Uh, it's 850 tenders, uh, and it's a full set. Uh, and then there's the Solemn Watchman's Garb, which is... Uh, it's a full set, but there's no wrist or cloak. So it's a seven-piece set, and that's 650 tenders. Uh, we've got two mounts on there, which are the armored golden pterodax and the jeweled copper scarab. Those are both 800 tenders each, so I hope you've been saving your tendies. Uh, there's the lost time-lost salamander pet for 600. Uh, and then we've got a bunch of weapons, the uh, time marshal's carbine, which is a gun for 500 the uh, Dwarven Crown Splitter, which is a two-handed axe for 450. The Copper Scarab Bulwark, which is a shield for 400. The Heavily Stitched Wallet, which is a sack of coins, <laughs> which is an offhand for 400. Uh, the Witch Doctor's Fetish Guard, which is a shield for 400. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's cool. Uh, and then you've got the, um, the Witch Doctor's Fetish Frame, which is a, a back piece. Uh, and then the Blade Master's Sun Touch Stones, which is the the, the Blade Master uh, beads that go around the neck, um, and then so that's your chest piece. So that's all you get is just the necklace. So you're bare chested, unless you're a female tune, and then you have a bra and the necklace. Uh, Blizzard was wise enough to. <laughs> to, to keep that one fixed uh the gossamer desert gown okay so this one's really interesting this is the if you would call the old uh dresses from Ankaraj and silithus uh there was i think four different colors was like blue green or blue green pink and yellow um for these dresses and they were a little revealing but they were cloth and so if you were clothy you could you could transmog them uh, but if you weren't, then you could still wear it, but you, you couldn't transmog it. Well, the yellow version is now a cosmetic transmog, so you can wear it with any armor type. So if you've got your uh, hunter or your druid or your warrior who you've always wanted to have them wearing a pretty dress while they're out uh, kicking ass, now's your time. Now is your time. Uh, there's a couple, couple of other armor pieces on there. The, uh, the, another sarong, which is orange colored, um, the, uh, a, a cloak, high lord ceremonial drape, the sepia treads of the Kaluak, which are like s- some fuzzy Uggs. And then, uh, the orange sleeve shirt, which is like a baseball tee with orange sleeves. So that one's pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah. And there's a couple of returning items as well. You've got the Sherlock, yellow Sherlock Holmes hat, the, uh, the Torin uh, totem back pieces, um, the yellow uh, hood and cloak, and uh, transmog sets, and uh, and a pole arm, uh, which is pretty cool. So yeah, there's lots of stuff on the trading post this month. Um, like I said, I was it was a little whelmed by it. Uh, not exactly anything that I'm dying to get, other than the uh, the the gown because you know I had to pick that up. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's it for the trading post. Um, there was one hot fix, which I didn't, I don't have it here in front of me, but, uh, 
This is the second boss, the uh, the, the tree boss in Waycrest Manor. The uh, thorns that go onto the player that uh, immobilize them, and then the rest of the group has to DPS them down. They are they had their health reduced by thirty five percent, which is huge. Um, apparently, uh, it's now less on Tyrannical Week than it was last week on Fortified. So that's great uh, because that boss sucks. And uh, I feel like nobody knows how to do it. So, uh, or you know, if a mage gets, <laughs> if a mage gets wrapped up in there, bye bye mage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm glad that uh, they're still keeping an eye on these Mythic Plus. I'll I, I'll tell you, this Mythic Plus season is so good. the The dungeon pool is good. The um, the the tuning is just right. It's the same affixes from last time, but I somehow feel like they're not as bad or they're not as annoying um and maybe it's just because the the dungeons are 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 less annoying um i'm not sure but this mythic plus season seems really really strong uh i'm really enjoying it i'm really having a good time um there was actually a post on reddit that was showing the number of mythic plus dungeons run every week of the season and season three we are at a higher level of dungeons run than we were at season one, uh, week seven. So, um, yeah, the week seven of uh, season three, we're at 2,033,000 dungeons run and season one at the same week, we were 1,900,000. So yeah, it's, um, that's a lot, uh, considering that this is the end and that everybody knows that this is going to be the last, true season um because next season is going to be just like a greatest hits type season so um this is this is the one that counts this is the one that people are going to care about and so um i mean it's it's great to see people season two was the numbers were so low and honestly i think a lot of that had to do with the dungeon pool brackenhide sucked um the halls of infusion sucked uh it did just it wasn't a great pool um under rot i hate Heated under rot. I just I wasn't really having a lot of fun last season. I played my warrior and I I got I think I got her to fifteen hundred rating. Well, that was all I could do. I just gave up. I just couldn't do it. It was too much. So um, yeah, this is this is a really really strong mythic plus season. So I'm really hoping that it continues to uh, keep the momentum up and that uh, Blizzard continues to make these little tweaks as they are because I feel like um, it really helps the the dungeon pool. And, and just the, the overall health of the Mythic Plus community. Um, you know, the raid is the raid. And and people who run it on normal, they are steamrolling it. And um, as as I mentioned last week, the Mythic version of the raid has gotten some nerfs already. So, which is great uh, for guilds who are close on prog, but not quite there. Um, you know, this will help them push, push them over the edge. Um, you know, the last raid of an expansion you get to a certain point and people start to drop off because they're like, you know what? I'm going to take a break and I'm going to cancel my sub until the new expansion comes out. So for some of these teams trying to get uh myth of rock, uh, they're cutting edge. They, they're, they're on the clock. So I think it's good. I think it's really good that blizzard has taken such care to, um, manage and maintain these, these both raids and the dungeons. I, honestly, I, it, PVP, <laughs> it's kind of its own, it's kind of its own little creature there over there in the corner. I feel like more and more Blizzard has just basically said, yeah, PvP is a different game. Um, it, it just is. And it is. It, it's Everything is so different. The abilities are different. The um, You have some some abilities that they don't even affect PvP. So, the, well, this ability does this, unless you're in PvP, and then it does something different, which is crazy because it's just like it's not even your character. Anyway. I'm not talking about PvP right now. I'm just going off on a tangent. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> uh, Mythic Plus. Uh, this is this is a good season for Mythic Plus. Uh, yeah, and I think that's it for um, Dragonflight. Uh, in in WoW Classic, um, like I said, the Ruby Sanctum is getting released on January 11th. So I'm assuming there will be a patch on the 9th, and then the raid will actually come out on the 11th. Um, and then that's it. That's it for Wrath. Uh, so sign up for the Cataclysm Classic Beta if that's what you want to do, um, or just spend your time in Season of Discovery if that's what you're interested in. Uh, I'll tell you, Season of Discovery, kind of interesting. Um, 
Uh, and I've seen a couple. Of, I haven't done this yet because my characters aren't high enough level on Season of Discovery. But there's a a new quest line that got added or a rune that got added in. And there's a shadowy figure that some are drawing some parallels to uh, uh, Zalatath. And I wouldn't put it past Blizzard to sneak in some references to Zalatath and the War Within into Season of Discovery because, I mean, look, we chased Eridicron through time. And while Chronolord Deus is dead, you don't think Zalatath could figure out how to travel through time? Come on. Or at least create a shadowy apparition of herself in another or alternate timeline, alternate dimension. Um, I think there's definitely some shenanigans going on there. And I think Blizzard is going to, even if it's just a wink, wink reference to what's going to happen in the war within, I think that it's definitely something that's intentional and, and that they are, they are doing it in a way to, so that players notice. Um, and whether or not there's some tie-in between Season of Discovery and The War Within, who knows. But it is important to point out that Season of Discovery will be taking place when War Within comes out. So it's not like Season of Discovery is going to be gone. So maybe there will be. Maybe there will be something, some tie-in to, you know, we, we'll do a team-up with the Season of Discovery characters and 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 the Dragonflight characters. We'll all fight together to... <laughs> I don't, who knows? I'm just, I'm just making things up now. I, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I think it would be pretty cool. Like a little crossover event or something. Um, why not? Let's have fun with it. This is a video game. We're here to have fun. All right. Let's talk about something new. Let's talk about something new. So the launch for patch 10.2.5 will be on January 16th. Uh, we already went through the features last week for patch 10.2.5. Um, I will do a uh, one final uh, review of what's coming in the patch uh, on the week that it launches. But for right now, Blizzard did release a zone overview for the uh, Belameth, which is the new Night Elf capital. So uh, Seeds of Renewal Zone Overview, Discover Belameth. Belameth is the arms of the goddess, a much-needed place for the Kaldori to seek much-needed repose and solace. Well, whoever wrote this didn't do a good job of copy-editing, Blizz. Come on. Uh, so it's in Unarmed Plains um, at the new World Tree, uh, just beneath the, the, the boughs of basically where the central encampment is in the Emerald Dream version of the World Tree is uh, where the main part of the city is going to be located in the next patch. Uh, they did point out a couple of um, areas of interest. So to the Northwest, you've got the Wellspring temple, uh, which is where the raid is located. Um, so it's going to be our lithian lodge, which will be the headquarters of the Sentinel army. And its name pays homage to Teldrassil's pools of our lithian. So if you remember the pools of our lithian, um, yeah, so they're, they're kind of uh, playing off of that, uh, in the Northeast, you've got the Belameth Harbor and the Evenfall Watchtower. So there's going to be a portal there to Feralus, uh, the Feathermoon stronghold, I still think that there's going to be some sort of they're, they're going to have to they've spent so much time with Taronda as a character. And I feel like her story has kind of not finished because, I mean, there, you, you, there's still so much to do with her, but they're going to have to have her take a backseat. And, and they've really done a lot to build up Chandris over the last few patches. So. I think we'll see, uh, even in Shadowlands, Chandris was a big feature. So I think we'll see some Chandris, and she'll take more of a front and center stage for the Night Elves. So it definitely makes sense to have a portal to Feathermoon Stronghold. Um, in the north part of the area, there's the, uh, for the darker members of Kaldori society. So this is where the Dark Rangers, Death Knights, Demon Hunters, and Mages can go hang out. <laughs> I like how the Mages are lumped in with all the other <laughs> dark dark classes and and whatnot but i mean guess for night elves they have mages are are doom and gloom so uh and then denizens and wildlife belameth is home to a wide variety of creatures from no rule kaldori to owls and hippogriffs so pretty cool um yeah i i still have mixed feelings about a new night elf capital in the dragon isles and a new night elf capital that the horde can go to but um 
it is what it is, and I'm just happy to have something. And and honestly, that's how it goes sometimes in in love and war. Uh, you don't always get to go home. So in this case, uh, yeah, maybe the Horde did win the fourth war, and and the Night Elves did get pushed out of Kalimdor. Although they still have plenty of strongholds in Kalimdor. They have Hygel. They have Feathermoon. They have um, Darkshore. They've got uh, Astronaut. I mean, there's plenty of places in. Kalimdor that the Night Elves still have a foothold. And honestly, if they really wanted to push it, they could. Um, so, but anyway, uh, it's, it's a newer, kinder piece that we're, we're going through. And honestly, we're going to need everybody's help to fight the Titans or, or whatever it is we're going to do with the Titans. Uh, let's, we'll start with Zalatath. To fight Zalatath, we need the Horde and the Alliance to work together. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, so anyway, that's Belameth. Um, and if you've done the quest line in game, uh, currently, uh, after you defeat Farak, uh, then you, you know that you, you go to Bellameth and you have to serve tables and, and whatnot, but, uh, it's pretty cool. There's some, some really nice cinematics. There's a, a good, uh, well, I don't want to get into the spoilers. Um, I, I, yeah, that's fine. Uh, anyway, so that's, what's coming up in patch 10.2.5. Uh, and in addition to the other features we mentioned last week, um, yeah, there's, there's still some, some additional things that, uh, that could change from now until the 16th, but, uh, the patch is still in a release candidate, which means that it's likely this is the final version of it. So, um, yeah, this is more than likely exclusively what we're going to get in two weeks. It's time for the weekly rant. So I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. Um, I have a problem with the over-reliance on add-ons in World of Warcraft. And if you've done any sort of high-end content in WoW, you know what I'm talking about. Because there's... Some groups even have, here's your mandatory add-ons. You have to have DBM. You have to have bigwigs. You have to have weak auras. You have to have details. You have to have blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And there's there's definitely a, there's a need for it. You can do all of the content in World of Warcraft without add-ons. That's true. But if you want to do it well, and if you want to be competitive in game you have to use add-ons some of the classes are actually so complicated that it's it's almost impossible to play them well without the assistance of weak auras or some something similar uh, a voodoo a heal bot um grid whatever the whatever the add-on is some classes just so i was playing my beast mastery hunter and this is the character that I've had for almost 20 years now. I couldn't for the life of me figure out a good way to smoothly do the beast mastery rotation without a weak aura. Because what happens is, and if you've ever played a beast mastery hunter, or if you've played a beast mastery hunter recently, which is more importantly. Um, so what happens is you, so you have to use your barbed shot. And so your barbed shot will, buff your pet um and then it'll enrage your pet and so <laughs> this is it's stupid so barb shot enrages your pet then you use your uh kill command or your uh cobra shot right okay so barb shot buffs your pet and it stacks up to three times if you just use barb shot you will run out of charges before your pet runs out of or your pet will run out of enrage before you run out of, yeah in other words you have to space out your barbed shot sh- sh- barbed shots in order to preserve your three stacks of frenzy on your pet so what that means is you have to have a way to keep track of it so the only way that i could figure out to keep track of it without add-ons is to take your pet and put your pet as your focus target and then you attack your target, and then you have to look at the buff that's on your pet to see how many stacks are on it, so that you know whether or not it has the number of frenzy charges that you want. And then the if if you miss it by one second, those will drop off, and your pet's DPS will go down. In other words, 
it's clunky with no way in game to keep track of this. And maybe I just don't know how to do it. Maybe I'm just a, such a noob hunter. I don't know how to manage my own pet. That might be the case. But I'll tell you, I rode a weak aura to do it and it was super easy. I even have a growl at me if it if it's starting to drop off. I think I have like a second and a half, uh, one GCD and it growls at me and then I have time to, oh crap, I need to do a barbed shot. Honestly, as good as hunters are right now, this is one of the reasons why I don't play my hunter because I feel like it, it makes me angry. The Blizzard created a class design that says you have to use some sort of external method to keep track of this to, to do a good job of keeping track of this. I don't like that at all. Um, other classes have similar type of things. Um, for a Fury Warrior, if you're enraged, you do a tremendous amount more damage, but you have to keep track of your enrages, which means your eyes are going to be shifting from your from your your auto um, your action bars to your target to where you're standing in in game to your buffs. To in other words, it's a lot to keep track of. And yes, there are people who do it all the time, and I get that. It's also a hell of a lot easier to do it with a weak aura, and that's my point. Is that if if I had a f friend of mine who's never played World of Warcraft, I'm like, ooh, check this out. And they were like, ooh, I want to be the guy that has two huge swords. I'm like, cool. Your DPS sucks because you don't know what you're doing. And it's hard. The game is difficult. And it's made a lot easier by just saying, okay, well, here's a weak aura that's going to tell you a button to press. Well, what's the point of that? What What is the point of having something that tells you a button to press if you're not playing the game then you're just you're just a, a a button button slave button bot in other words <laughs> i'm kind of getting into the weeds here but some of the classes are too complicated to play without without add-ons there is also certain things in the game that are so complicated to do without add-ons that it's almost not worth it um you know that if if you look at if you look at some of the quality of life add-ons that are available in the game you have your rare scanner, your TomTom, -tom, your world quest tracker, your handy notes. These are all things that you don't need. But if you're looking for rares and you've got, or you're, you're trying to do world quests, well, guess what? Yeah, those things are great. They make it so much easier to just have that pop up instead of, well, I got to figure out what this quest is. And I got, yes, I know in Vanilla WoW, we didn't have this stuff and we wandered around until we found it or we looked it up on ThoughtBot. But I'll tell you right now, even back in the day, I would go and find something on ThoughtBot. And I would say, you know, read the comments trying to figure out where it was. And all I would get was, here are the coordinates. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what you need in order to know where the coordinates are. That's right. You need an add-on. So even in, back in vanilla, people were using add-ons to, to do the, these things. And yes, it was less common, but it was still a thing. Um, so if you look at add-ons, like I said, we've got the DBM, the big wigs, the weak auras. Those are your main add-ons that you pretty much have to have. They're essentially a mandatory add-on. Um, then you've got your secondary mandatory add-ons, like your, your plater, your threat plates, uh, your GTFL, your Omni CC, these things that, that help you keep track of what you're doing in game so that it makes it more effective, more efficient. I almost said efficient effective efficient yeah all right good job uh yeah and then you have your tertiary mandatory add-ons which are things like details radar io mdt simcraft pawn i know pawn is terrible but it's an easy way to know if you have an upgrade and you can program it yourself so don't worry too much about it um but the point is you got all these add-ons some of these things are not small some of these things are kind of clunky um and if you go back into the quality of life add-ons, you've got your auctionators, your bagnons, your bartenders, your altaholics, your postal trade skill master. Trade skill master is massive. Um, and then you've got your role add-ons. I mean, he, for healers, there are certain classes it's really difficult to heal without a healing add-on. Um, your voodoos, your grids, your heal bots. My point is, there are so many add-ons in the game, and there's thousands more that I haven't mentioned here. And every add-on has a use, every add-on has a function, and some of them are terrible and some of them are really good. We shouldn't... Okay, 
I want to say this really carefully. We shouldn't need to use them, but it's cool that we can use them. What I don't like is that Blizzard has started to build boss encounters and classes in such a way that they almost need them to function. You should be able to have everything in game doable at the highest level without add-ons. That's my opinion. It should be skill. You should learn how to do it without add-ons. These race to world first guilds, they build entire week or packs that they use. And then they release after they've killed the boss. So there's obviously not a real way to do this without add-ons, at least not to do it quickly. I mean, I guess you could eventually figure out how to kill a boss on Mythic without add-ons. But why would you do that? <laughs> when, the, when the fights themselves are designed to be used with add-ons, and then Blizzard starts getting mad and says, well, we don't like that you're using add-ons to trivi trivialize our content, so we're going to make the content harder. Okay? So now the content is harder, so the the Race to World First Guild start hiring programmers to write WeCoros for them. So what does Blizzard do? They start hiding these different... They start hiding these different spell effects and, oh, it's a private or it's this same stupid arms race that they talked about in Shadowlands. They're still doing it. And it's dumb. Let people use weak auras. Make the boss fights not need them. It's the same thing with ChatGPT. When teachers say, hey, students, don't use ChatGPT, I'll know. Bullshit. You're not going to know. And besides which, if there's a new technology that is making it easier for students to do the work, you should integrate that into your lesson plan. Hey, students, I want you to use ChatGPT, but also you need to do research because ChatGPT can't do the research for you. So anyway, the point is Blizzard needs to embrace the add-ons instead of saying, well, we're going to do this to the point where only the top guilds can, can do this even with add-ons. No, add-ons should be a bonus. It should be something fun that we get to add extra when we're doing normal, it's like, ooh, cool, this is going to make this a little bit easier. Oh, shockwave, better move out of that. Oh, stay out of lines. Oh, there's a mechanic coming. I got to be ready for it. Not this thing is happening, and I didn't even know because I didn't have the add-on, and now I got one shot. No, that's bad. That's bad design. That's really bad design. And quite honestly, I think Blizzard needs to change their philosophy on on raid design in general and maybe they have maybe they have maybe this is something that in the war within is not going to be as big of a deal but i don't think they're just going to turn on a dime i still think that <laughs> ian has a cost to spend many years as the primary raid designer and i i just feel like maybe he's a little protective of the raids that he's designed and he wants them to last longer than they do and so he gets a little salty when when they don't um yeah, so he, he's going to make them harder even with add-ons. I don't know. It doesn't matter. My point is, I like having add-ons. I like being able to use them for fun and as convenience. I don't like that they are now becoming so mandatory that you basically can't play the game without them. I think that's terrible game design. I think that it's bad for the game. It's bad for the community. And it's just, it's it's so short-sighted. I can't believe that they are they're still doing this and we're going to get hero talents in the next expansion. You don't think that that's going to require a whole new wave of weak auras? Come on. Oh, this just, this really rankles my chains. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I asked on Reddit, um, what people thought about add-ons and, and what, what they felt like was mandatory and, and weak auras DBM, uh, big wigs was was the main add-ons that people felt like were mandatory. There was quite a few people who very proudly proclaimed that they don't they can do all the content in WoW without add-ons, and it's like, well, okay, but why? Why why would you do it without add-ons? Are you trying to make a point? <laughs> You're trying, trying to prove something. Hey, I can do it without add-ons. Oh, well, that's great. I don't think anyone is impressed. Um, <laughs> you know. You're going to show us your Pokemon cards too? I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's not really as, as big of a flex as you think it is. So, um, but, uh, yeah, some of the, some of the quality of life add-ons though, like uh, better wardrobe, you got to have it. Um, be quiet is one apparently that it will 
turn off the talking head so they don't pop up on your screen. I, I need to get that one. <laughs> I definitely need that one. Um, Altaholic. I couldn't live without Altaholic. I have so many alts. I've got, so I have 12 level 70s. Uh, and I have, I think, five more that are sitting somewhere between 60 and 70. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got a fair amount of characters. So, and plus low level characters and bank alts. So, trying to figure out whatever one has. Uh, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, it's fun. I, I enjoy trying to go through all the mail on my, my bank alts. Um, <laughs> but, uh, especially, oh man, especially now with all of the, uh, the trade goods, the one, two, three star, uh, trade, trade good. Oh man, it's so frustrating. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, <laughs> I wish there was an add on that helped us keep track of that, but, uh, but I digress. Uh, I think I'm going to have to do a whole weekly rant segment on the uh, crafting system that they introduced on Dragonflight because I have a love-hate relationship with it. I really do. But anyway, uh, that's that's the end of the weekly rant. And that's going to wrap up our show for today. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's It's been a lot to me, uh, once again, to uh, to be able to come on to this platform and to uh, talk at you for, for a few minutes. And I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that uh, I hope that I'm talking about things that are interesting and relevant. Um, but if I'm not, or if you like what some of what I have to say, and you want to hear me say some different things, uh, please do reach out and uh, let me know. You can contact me at denethar1 at gmail.com, or you can occasionally catch me streaming at twitch.tv/denethar01, or my YouTube channel, which is at denethar01. Or you could just leave a comment on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you want to do. There's definitely ways to get a hold of me. I might just go ahead and resurrect my ex-Twitter account uh, so I can start uh, sending out notifications for uh, podcast episodes. And uh, you can also reach me at Reddit. Apparently, <laughs> my username on Reddit is Denethar, so uh, I'm there as well. But uh, that'll be it for us today. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in Azeroth.